This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. Hello and welcome to Culture Check, the Tailgate Society podcast. Please check the TailgateSociety.com and subscribe to Tailgate Society podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Arnold Woods. I'm joined as always by Emily Cornell. Emily, what's going on? You know, we're still in March Madness, so I would say I'm thriving. It's a good time to be able to watch these basketball games. Um, I talked about it last week. Was very excited then. Still very excited. My brackets are all like messed up. I don't care. It's still fun. How about how are you doing? I'm okay. And I said last week, you know, I didn't do any brackets, but I'm like everyone's bracket has to be trash at this point. <laughs> a lot of uh, lower seeds that are that are doing pretty well throughout the tournament. And then I think that we just saw that UCLA just beat Alabama, I believe. They did. So a lot of Pac-12 teams showing out. You got to be happy about that, right? Pac-12, Pac-12 yeah. hive. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm part of the Pac-12 hive. I'm like a West Coast. I want to see West Coast basketball thrive, but mostly I want to see like the Mountain West do well and Gonzaga out of the WCC. I don't have anything against any of the other WCC schools except for BYU. I don't really care for them as both a Wyoming fan and a human, but um, like I'm I'm happy to see West coast basketball thriving, doing well. I feel like, you know, it kind of gets a bad reputation and like doesn't always, people don't talk about West coast basketball teams super favorably. Um, UCLA I is, doesn't always fall into that. Like people talk about UCLA in a fairly positive way, but yeah, happy to see the Pac-12 uh, redeeming themselves because they were doing the worst of all the Power Five conferences. They got to pick it up. It's funny because my friend just moved back to Des Moines from L.A. And when I was out there for my 30th birthday, we like drove kind of past Westwood, which is where UCLA is. And he and his wife... Um, we're just like his wife is from LA and she was just like Westwood is like where all the rich people live. And oh, I was like, you know, UCLA basketball has kind of been up and down past, you know, 10 or so years. They've had some great players come out, you know, Russ and, and love and then and, and Lonzo, but um, hasn't always translated into, into success. And so I feel like they can get things popping a little bit more. You know, you might see some, see some more bandwagoners from uh from the LA area trying to trying to show out. I mean they always they already got the Lakers back trying to become that that powerhouse again. And then USC too. Is USC still yeah. in it, I think? Um I thought USC got knocked out. I might be wrong. Um but they I was surprised USC okay, no USC's in it. They're playing Oregon. Um and I I think Oregon will win that, but USC's winning right now. So, I mean, the Pac-12, no matter what, they're going to have a couple teams in the Elite Eight, which good for them. They need right. it. <laughs> um, the conference needs it. And, you know, if it's for L.A. to have a couple of schools doing well, ha- have a couple of their professional teams doing well, that's a good look. That's, that's not a bad look. Although I can't, like, say – too many bad things about UCLA and holistically for their sports because their gymnastics team goes viral like every other week. Do they have like, do they have the ones? See, I see, I saw like an LSU gymnastics team like viral video the other week, but I don't know. Is UCLA the one? Because is it because of like the songs that they choose or what's making them go viral? Um, they do really fun floor routines and they, right, it's right. not that UCLA necessarily like wins when they get to like the championship, like Oklahoma has won a couple of times. LSU's good. Alabama's good. And, and like UCLA is good, but like, it's just more so that it has so much like 
pizzazz um like a two years ago um one woman like her, her routine her floor routine went viral because it like incorporated like a lot of michael jackson songs and then moves and then another woman she is black uh nia dennis she did pretty much all black artists like just um sampling different songs and um everything from like beyonce to kendrick to janet like all of these different uh black music icons basically and i think it started with like her with her fist in her air in the air or it might have ended that way but they they use it they use their floor routine to like make a statement and they're also like kind of cheeky like the the difference between like college gymnastics and like the olympics and like competitions like that i feel like it's a little bit more limited like those gymnasts who are like competing in the in the olympics like they can't have as much fun with what mm-hmm. they're doing and i was either listening to commentators or reading something about you know like ucla team specifically where it's like they're kind of like they're like flirting with the crowd as they're performing and that's just not something you always see and they <laughs> because they want to like pull you into it and so i think that's why their videos keep going viral is because they're creating something fun they look like they're having fun and then whenever they do interviews like they are just fun women that's what we like to see you know yeah. we like to see the uh we like to see women's gymnastics get on more so than just the olympics um i can remember going to in college there was a place called Byer hall and i used to play basketball there a lot and Byer hall is also the home of the gymnastics uh, team for Iowa state. So there'd always oh, cool. be a lot of gymnasts like going in and out, like as we were playing ball and the courts, um, the basketball courts are like right next to um, the area where the gymnasts practice. And some of the most like athletic people you can ever like see are these yeah. gymnasts, like the stuff that they do is just like crazy. And I just, it makes me sore just even thinking about it because I'm old <laughs> and like reminiscing about my, my college life when I wasn't as old, but still like, they're just like, you know, the, the, the leaping ability, the, the, the flips, the coordination, yeah. like the psychological coordination to like be on a balance beam. Like I can't even imagine. So um, I guess this year we're supposed to have the Olympics too. So that we didn't yes. have last year. So we'll see what, what happens with that. It'll and, happen. I think people are going to be unhappy that they are not, able to attend yeah that's true i don't know that's that's something for a different pod i would love that's to true. talk about the olympics at some point because that's the olympics kind of fascinate me um but yeah we're here to talk about you know we, we were just talking about the floor routines and the you know the music that they're, they're doing the icons i'm trying to i'm trying my best at a transition here you're, you're doing a great um, job <laughs> you know we talked about janet you know we talked about mike and and now we're going to talk about another icon we're going to talk about britney spears and the britney doc that was on Hulu. What is it? Do we even know the framing name? Of the Britney Spears. Framing Britney Spears. Framing Britney Spears. There you go. I'm professional with me because I didn't even look up what the name was. I just know it as the as the Britney doc. It was done so with... Else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was done with the New York Times, I believe. Yeah. And um, it's been really... It was, it was really popping off about a month or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we wanted to talk about it. And I we haven't talked about it at all. Like, you just watched it recently this week um framing britney spears about her life her her career and then more specifically this like conservative conservatorship that she's in right now um we i i know we have a lot of we got a lot of notes in here um i guess i wanted to start off with just what was your general impression of the documentary i thought it was super interesting one i thought it was interesting that the new york times was bothering to like create it um that was just a an immediate like wait what i didn't know the new york times had created it until i went to go watch it and i'm like oh they have like all these shows um and the documentary in general i would shouldn't have been shocked by parts of it but i still was like the interviews and looking back I'm like, wow, people were terrible to her. No wonder she wanted to shave her head. 
Um, and now I don't know if it's because we have like a better conversation around mental health or people just aren't following celebrities the way they were. Well, I mean, we're in the pandemic, so hopefully no one's following celebrities around. That's not safe, but yeah, I'm just like, I can't even like celebrities just like welcome you into their lives through like Instagram and like all that stuff. Like now it doesn't even matter. Like you don't need paparazzi to give you the scoop. Like keeping up with the Kardashians is literally just a show about their life. Like you don't, you don't have to have that extra step. Um, They're immediately going right to the consumer. So yeah, just watching this show and thinking about how celebrities are treated and especially women, but women like Britney, like I, I'm sure it's still not great, but I'm just like, wow, we got all this stuff on tape. And then also still people thinking like, oh, I didn't think it was an issue. <laughs> like what? So those are my thoughts on the documentary. What about you? Yeah, you made a lot of points that I agree with, um, especially your point just now about like the nature of the media and how it's kind of changed and the media culture from like when she became famous in the late 90s um, into like the mid 2000s was like, I don't know, is it, was it more toxic or was it just like toxic in a different way? I'm not sure, but it was really bad. I know that. And um, I was, I think just because I was so young back then and I, I want to talk about this specifically in a second, so I won't get too deep on it right now, but like, I just didn't really know a lot about the nature of the media. And it was just kind of like, it was, I remember it being normal for me to, for, for celebrities to be covered really intently, which it still mm-hmm. is, but it's just different now because of what you said with like social media, we have a lot more access to people, to famous people in their everyday lives. Um, and they can control it themselves, right? They can curate it in a specific way. And we might talk about that a little bit with the, with the doc, because, you know, Britney's Instagram is a very important part of the doc. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a different time now. And Again, I was so young that I just didn't really think much of it. I thought that it was just like, it was just like a normal thing. And as an adult looking at it now, it's like, that's not normal or it's not like right for a person to be covered in that way. Specifically, like you said, like a woman to a famous woman to be covered in the way that she was, which again, we'll talk about in a minute. But my impressions of it were, I was just really fascinated by it. And then also just thinking about the difference in how I think about someone like Britney Spears now versus back then and being able to analyze it a little bit more critically and, and, and kind of think about her place in the culture a little bit more. And I guess that really leads to my, my first question to you, which is, um, you know, she was really famous when we were growing up. I'm only a couple years uh, older than you are, but, um, I guess what was your like relationship to her and her music? Like, when you were a kid or like, what do you remember specifically about her being famous? Like, do you remember when like baby one more time came out or uh, was it, oops, I did it again that you remember? Like what, what is it? I guess, what are your, your earliest memories of her? I guess. I think it was like, oops, I did it again. But like, I was not allowed to listen to Britney Spears growing up. Like when I, when she was popular, cause I was pretty young still. And it wasn't because like my, mom was worried about how the media was framing her like that was not the concern at all my parents didn't like pop music so they were like no you're gonna listen to like old classic rock um because by the time I was like listening to the radio like they didn't care it wasn't like oh no don't listen to this because um we care about what the media says about this musician like that was never the thing so it wasn't really when she was popular and people were like, Oh, either they loved her or they were just like being awful to her because she's a woman. Like, I didn't see a lot of that. Probably good. Um, because I don't think like, Oh my gosh, it had to have been awful for young women and girls to read or hear or see any of the things that people were saying and doing to her at that time. Like that could not have been healthy for anyone's self-esteem. It's so interesting because, so I I remember um, Baby One More Time. I remember when that came out and that being like, I, I don't know. I can't, if you, if you remember that, if you're old enough to remember that, like you can't overstate how popular that song was. 
like it just it dominated radio it dominated like tv and like you know mtv back then like trl i would you know you would come home from school every day and trl would be on at like four or whatever and like that video was just like on nonstop. and um it's in the doc there is there's like a lot of footage of her like performing in malls right Mm -hmm. and like just a a lot of footage of her like performing early in her career and it starts off with her on like star search and stuff it's kind of a part of her like legend at this point but she's like it's one of the most interesting parts of the documentary to me because it starts off with her in the mall and she's like explaining to people you know she's got her backup dancers and this this was a big thing back then i remember that as well it was a big big that happened a lot yeah, it was a big 90s thing where oh, wow. that you would start with like like pop singers would start popular people in general, right? I know like my wife has talked about my wife is 4 years older than I am. And so she's told me about when some of the people from Full House came to the mall in Ames. Mm-hmm. And she or, or I think it was in Des Moines. And she like waited in line like all day so that they would like, you know, sign autographs and stuff like that. And she got like she was at the end of the line. And then by by the time she got to the front, like they had to leave or whatever. And she was really mad about that. But like that was the thing back then, like popular people would like come to malls and do appearances and stuff like that. And it was a really big thing for pop groups to do that, too. Britney Spears and sing Backstreet Boys, like all those people would like when they were first getting started, they would. Um, performing malls and so there's this part in the documentary where she's like explaining to the crowd like this is my first single it's called um baby one more time and she's like you know the you know the music stars and she starts singing and dancing or backup dancing stuff like that and then it like progresses to you know another mall appearance where she's like saying like okay this is my single baby one and by before she can even get out the title like people are screaming right because they like that's how popular the song has become and like they it goes from her like explaining to people like who she is and what the song she's about to perform is to you know she can't even get the name of the song out before people are screaming and then they're like screaming all the lyrics back to her as she's performing the song so like her her rise just becomes like meteoric off of that song and the video it's it was a combination of the song and the video um, you know, the, she's in high school and she's like, she's dressed provocatively, but she's like, you know, she's dancing and stuff. And it's like, you know, um, it was just a really big moment. And, you know, it's, it's watching the documentary, especially the early part of the documentary, which is talking about kind of her rise to stardom. It just reminds me of how music used to be, or the music industry used to be where it, you know, before streaming and stuff like that, like music just really dominated the culture in a way that it doesn't now. Because now when stuff, it's like a, a hit song will come out and then it'll be like a TikTok dance to the song and like, mm-hmm. or a social media, like a Twitter video to the song. And like that kind of pairs with the song to make it popular. And it wasn't, it didn't used to be like that. It was just the song and the song would be everywhere. And, you know, her run from that first album and when she's like 17, when that album comes out and it sells like a crazy, like, you know, 50 million records or whatever. So that into, I think Baby One More Time was like 98, maybe. And then 98 or 99. And then Oops, I Did It Again is 2000. And then 2001, she releases Britney. And like those three albums in that like three or four year period, she was just like the biggest thing in music, the biggest thing in pop culture. And it was just, you know, really, really crazy. And so do you, do you just, do you remember her being like that super, popular figure that she was yeah i remember people talking about her i don't remember things being in the malls but again my parents being who they are that was probably why i never saw it um i remember her being like hearing her name all the time hearing you know nsync and backstreet boys and not knowing the difference between the two i was like sure they all have a bunch of white men Mm -hmm. i don't know i like i don't listen to this music i don't know the difference between the songs um and i'm trying to think who else was bit, like jessica simpson christiana Aguilera, like all the mickey mouse people like right. all those folks were making it um i think by the time i was like actually listening to her music where it was and like she had already been popular for a really long time by the time i like really listened to this and like circus was coming out i was like oh yeah like i listened to this so um 
it, I think I was just like a little too young for it to like have seen all of it as much because I don't even think like many of my friends, we like knew the songs. I don't think we comprehended how big of a deal Britney Spears was. And then of course, it's not like we were watching her interviews. Yeah, that too. So like, I, I think like when I was in high school in the mid 2000s, it's when it really, that kind of, I don't know, it wasn't just her. It was also like, it was her, it was Lindsay Lohan, it was Paris yeah. Hilton, who are referenced in the in the documentary. But like that era where it was just like super, like the TMZ era, yeah. early TMZ, that I was just like more aware of. And I was more aware of it in the sense that I was like, I was able to comprehend where it's like, okay, this isn't about the music anymore. Now it's just about like her being a celebrity and these people, yeah. you know, these like young white people in LA who are, you know, going to clubs or going to parties or going to each other's houses, or they're just shopping or they're getting gas or they're doing these mundane, mundane things, but like they have a hundred cameras following their every move. And I think that at that time, again, I just thought that that was like, normal because they're celebrities like that Mm -hmm. it's normal that celebrities would be treated that way and really I just didn't think much more of it than that I remember her being um you know the subject of like late night tv hosts or talk show hosts are like making jokes in their monologue about Lindsay Lohan and Britney Spears and all these other people and I probably just didn't give it a second thought because I just wasn't really Mm-hmm. you know into it like that I didn't really I, I was aware that they were followed like that but I wasn't really I didn't know what the gossip was I didn't know who was dating who or any of that stuff because I just wasn't um I wasn't super into pop music in general but like they're famous enough that you know who they are and you you know what the songs are but that was kind of the time when I was just like yeah that's just I could tell that it wasn't they weren't being famous just because of their music anymore yeah. And so when you when you talk about what did you think about those interviews? Because like the 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 interview clips of her from what she was being asked at that time and what was going on, that was really wild to me. Like, what did you think of that stuff? I thought it was just unacceptable. And I say that no, like knowing that I exist in right this moment where I've seen interviews with women in the last five years where they ask people ask questions similar, or the it won't necessarily be like interviews, but like um people talking about Taylor Swift is like the example I'm thinking of off the top of my head like Joan Rivers was talking about her and she was like Taylor Swift basically has a welcome mat underneath of her for all the guys she's dating and like the way that people talk about women and then the way they talk to women like oh who are you dating mm-hmm. um but like no one's asking that to men and also no one is Saying like, hey, Leonardo DiCaprio is like sleeping with everyone who's 22 years old. Like no one says that. So it's like appalling that like in the late 90s, early 2000s, just like how overtly awful the questions are. And now how they've kind of been like twisted where it doesn't sound as bad. Like it's not like saying like, hey, are you a virgin? Like, I don't think that that is like an interview question that's being asked, but it is like, oh, are you like, are you sleeping with anyone? Um, it just, I don't know. Obviously it doesn't sit right with my soul that like anyone would ask like a 16, 17, actually anyone, like that's not an appropriate question, like ask someone, but like the fact that they were asking a child this question is like awful. That was mind blowing to me. Yeah. Honestly, mind blowing. And it's this guy, it's like this European journalist or whatever. She's on a TV show and he literally asked this girl, who a hundred percent, like you said, as a teenager is like, are you a virgin? And it's just like, that's, that's wild. And her sexuality, I do remember that being a topic of discussion. Yeah. And again, I'm so young that I probably, you know, what I thought of it was probably again, that it was just normal. Like, this is what celebrities are asked. And like, as an adult, I realize now it's like, that's like, that's incredibly fucked up. Yeah. And just the, the fact that that was a topic on its, on its own, was really crazy but then the like to be asked this stuff and it's like diane sawyer and it's like all this other stuff it's you know um as she gets older it's like you know matt lauer asks her do you think you're a good mom or what all this other shit which you know matt lauer has his own problems um (laughs) as as it turns out yeah yeah like the media coverage of her was just was just really insane and really like misogynistic and Mm -hmm. um 
yeah, like you said, like the gender dynamics between them or, or between, you know, women celebrities and men celebrities is, is just really, really crazy. And then uh, there is a lot that played into that and specifically like her relationship with Justin Timberlake. Okay. And, you know, it's this high profile, you know, celebrity couples aren't, that's not something that's, um, that's not like a new concept or whatever, like a, a famous celebrity couple. And then like yeah. people are like interested and then like they break up or whatever like that. Um, I don't know. That's also weird, but it's something that happens a lot. Um, but those two, right. Where there again, there's a thing where, you know, they're not sleeping together or are they sleeping together? And then they break up and then Justin eats off of the breakup with Crimea river. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he gets to basically, you know, hate on their relationship and become even more famous off of that song and stuff. And she's just portrayed as, you know, someone who cheated on him and who was just like this horrible woman. Yep. And he gets to skate. And like, that's crazy, too. I know that you have some some Justin thoughts as well. <laughs> I mean, I definitely have thoughts on Justin Timberlake kind of because I remember when Crimea River came out again, didn't really follow the media. So I had no idea that they had broken up and that was, that song was about her. Um, like I, I was just like, Oh, cool. And then Justin Timberlake like blows up and Britney Spears is still popular, but not in the same way. And like, I mean, obviously men and women are talked about differently in the media and it is 100% a problem but you can see it so blatantly there and he like even now people are like whoa Justin Timberlake and it's like oh like why did Justin Timberlake not get in trouble for the Janet Jackson situation like I I still am like wondering like why she is the one that people are like oh Janet Jackson I'm like it's not like she ripped her own clothes off Jesus um it man bad look Justin Timberlake and him not like saying or doing anything to be like yeah 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 like I I feel bad about this or whatever like in the moment instead of him being like oh yeah I hit it like dude come on now trash be better like trash behavior trash behavior like and I it shouldn't be surprised like I get it like we live in a very there's like toxic masculinity in our culture and so of course because I'm like thinking about this like oh why would we even what do we care about who is sleeping with who for celebrities like why is that like even a a topic that it makes the front of a magazine then it's like well because it's more about highlighting like oh yes this man has slept with this very attractive woman and like that makes him even more of a man and we like him even more but like we can't like her more because now she's a whore i'm like uh that's not right so there's these multiple parts of, you know, it's it's tough with Britney because she's she was doomed in two ways, right? Yep. Where it's like she was doomed in the way where she's, you know, a famous woman who is in this celebrity um, relationship that ends and her name gets dragged through the mud. She was doomed in that way. And then she was also doomed in the way of just like, a, you know, the, the person who comes from nowhere, who comes from small town Louisiana. Yep. And um like we we mentioned last week a little bit but she she comes from up from up out the mud out there too and becomes this famous person and this really beloved person by a lot of people and then you know what we like to do with those people who become famous out of nowhere we love to tear them down. Mm-hmm. So she was, you know, she was doomed in in multiple ways. Um I I I did want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, as far as her being torn down by the media, because I, I just, I, I know I have a different perspective on this now. Whereas when I was talking about, so like, it, imagine it's like 2005 or whatever, or whenever she, um, you, you, you referenced her shaving her head, and that was like yeah. a big deal. Yeah. And the, the doc gets into that, and you know, these people who are following her, and she's like trying to go to the gas station or whatever, and um, she ends up like hitting the hitting the car with like um an umbrella an umbrella yeah i was gonna say a golf club wrong documentary um <laughs> but yeah she like beats the with the umbrella and stuff like that and i remember her shaving her head and it, 
and I think that I'm trying to like remember what my reaction was, but I I don't know. It's it's tough like going back into the past and trying to remember how I thought about this stuff because like Britney Spears wasn't someone that I was like thinking about a lot in general. Yeah. But I just I think I remember being like, wow, that's crazy. And then like, you know, going on to the next thing. But looking at that now, um, what really sticks out to me is her like trying to do just trying to live a, a regular life. And specifically trying to re- live a regular life with her ki- with her kids, with her children. Yeah, yeah. Like she's trying to take her children to a restaurant or she's trying to take her children to daycare or the doctor or whatever, you know, live a human life with their, with her children and trying to protect her children and, and, and what have you. And I'm a parent now, right? Like I, I have two kids of my own and like, I can't imagine trying to go to a restaurant, trying to get gas and my kids are in the car and there's like 50 cameras surrounding my car taking pictures or I'm as I'm walking into the doctor's office with my child in my arms and there's cameras everywhere and there's people badgering me and there's people asking me these questions and trying to get rallies out of me and yelling my name like just to do the most regular everyday mundane stuff and that really angers me like I think about that about how that would anger me and it makes me angry for her that she would have to and this again this isn't unique to her this is something that's an issue with um, celebrity culture in general but since we're talking about this, like in the in the context of her, like just trying to live her life as a person with her children and protect them. And they're like cameras pointed at the car seat in the back car. And, you know, to the point that she has to take her child out of the car seat to try to hold her, her child so that she can drive. Like, that's really mind blowing to me. And that's kind of the perspective I have now um, watching that documentary. I'm like, she's trying to like live her life with her kids and people are like, just stripping her of her humanity and I just thought that that was really really messed up and she handles like so when people would ask her the questions this is what really got me except for you know the umbrella situation she handled a lot of it very gracefully where she yeah. it's like starting from the beginning of her career up until you know when things were really kind of going downhill she was always very polite and I'm like how do you stay polite when people are saying some stupid things to you and people are treating you like this and her asking like, Hey, please like, leave me alone. Like she was always, I mean, again, except for that one situation, very much like, can you please not? And she was well within her rights. Like you're yeah. saying, like to be, to go off right. Like way before the end oh, yeah. situation. And it's like, I think that's, that's like the end of my thought, which is that. What do you like? How could she have not shaved her head? How exactly. could she have not have? Bashed a, a trucking that's following her everywhere, and like the the interview with the guy, with the paparazzi guy, yeah, oh, who was just like, well, you know, I don't, I don't think that she minded or blah blah blah. Like we had a good relationship. Like I don't think he said something like, she never indicated that she wanted to stop. And then the interviewer is like, what about when she yelled at you? Please leave me alone. Please stop. And he's kind of like, um. Well, and then he like gives this like BS answer, but I'm just yeah. like, she's a human, bro. Like at the end of the day, like she's a human and she's trying to like live her life. And like, how would, how would you react if someone was like badgering you constantly nonstop, like on top of like even removing the stuff culturally that's happening to her, right? The way that she's being dissected, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in pop culture nationally by, you know, pundits, by writers, by TV hosts or whatever else just like on a daily basis, um, removing all that stuff, which is bad enough. And now you just add on the stuff that she has to deal with physically day to day. Like how, how, how would you not snap? Like I complete, how would you not shave your head? How would you not try to find a way to like cope with this impossible situation that you feel is like slipping from your grasp and you don't have control over your life? Like, of course she was going to do something to try to, um, you know, a lot of people, I would, I would guess like, people see like, well, my hair, I can control my hair. I can control my appearance. So I'm going to like take some steps to like exert some control on my life. This is my armchair um, uh, therapist, psychiatrist talk, <laughs> talking right now. But um, yeah, like, what would you like? That's, that's normal to me that she would try to, that she would act out in whatever way. And I don't even say like act out has a negative connotation, but I don't mean that negatively at all. Cause you know, she could have done some some more violent stuff. And quite frankly, she would have been within her rights to do some violent shit to a lot of people yep. that were badgering her before. So, Yeah, it, 
I, I wonder because like one the last year, I can't imagine that any paparazzi people have just like followed any around anyone around, but two, like I wonder after people watch this if they're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe we should leave people alone. I would hope so. And yeah, I think that it's a little bit different now. I don't know. I'm sure that paparazzi still follow people around like in this, in this era, like, you know, removing COVID. Yeah. I'm guessing people are still like, you know, making money off of celebrities walking into restaurants or whatever. But I think that it was just like at its apex at that time, like mid two thousands and maybe even into like 08, 09 a little bit, but like, I don't know, like that super toxic, you know, paparazzi culture was just like, it was just going crazy back then. And I don't know if it's, if it's changed now because of, you know, the music industry has changed and like, so, you know, the, the movie industry too has changed and like social media is at the, at the center of culture now instead of movies and music and, and celebrities. So maybe that's changed a little bit. I don't know, but it's, you know, you would hope that people would treat people with more humanity now, but I don't know. It's it's kind of up in the air to me. I'm not sure if it's gotten better or not, quite honestly. I don't think it has. People have just kind of shifted in the way that they don't treat people with humanity. Like they forget. And probably social media has not helped with it. I mean, obviously with like dating apps, like they talk about how that doesn't help with how people treat people like a commodity. Like, oh yeah, well I can pick what I want. And like, oh, nope, that's not for me. Like yeah, if celebrities, you're only consuming them via like social media, I am absolutely sure people are like, oh, well, I can say in like what people write about different celebrities. I guess it's not the same as like paparazzi following them around. I don't know what sounds worse. Someone following me around and taking pictures of me eating yogurt and going to the gym or people like writing on my pictures on like Instagram or just like writing like hateful shit like yeah, you're the worst for X, Y, and Z reason. Or like, I would, I mean, even to Britney Spears, when that interview where with Diane Sawyer, where it was like, I would shoot her. I'm like, who, I was at first, I'm like, who would say that? And then I'm like, oh wait, that's what like every troll on the internet is saying to everyone right now where they're like, oh yeah, I would kill this person. Like, no, you can't say that because one, it's pretty wrong. And two, like you would never say that to someone's face. You make such a good point about like the grace with which he handles all this stuff. And I think that that kind of, um, that kind of just speaks to like the type of person she was like growing up and she has this, like, you know, she has this gift of, you know, singing and performing and like at a really early age. And like, as a part of that package is her like maturity and her poise. Like that's something that, you know, she has at such a young age because a lot of people in her, in her situation would have, kind of snapped earlier than she did so it's really a miracle that she was able to to hang on to um you know i'm not not her sanity but like hang on to like her sense of like um control or 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 whatever you however you want to say it but like it's a wonder that she didn't snap before she did and again like snap has a negative connotation to it and i don't mean it that way because like like it's normal. Like how how else are you gonna like deal with the the craziness that you have to deal with, and as a person in her situation. But yeah, I think that that's just because of her her maturity and her, um, you know, her she's she's kind of like wise beyond her years. I don't think that it talks about this in the doc, but like I had read about the baby one more time video where like the director had a different like idea for the video. And she was just like, this is cheesy. Like this isn't going to work. And it was like her idea to like set it in a high school in the gym with the dancers and like with the, you know, dressing the way that she dressed, like all that was like came from her mind. And so she just has this, you know, really kind of like prodigious ability to know what's popular and know what's going to work and what isn't going to work like at a really young age. And I think like that's what allowed her to hold on for as long as she did. But anyone who is going to go through the pressures and like just frankly, all the BS that she had to put up with, eventually they're going to, you know, they're going to lash out at some point. So pretty, pretty wild. I, I guess the, the last like third 
or so of the doc, it kind of talks about the conservatorship that she's mm-hmm. in. And it's kind of hinted at earlier in the doc with her dad and her dad really is portrayed in the documentary as someone who's kind of just like, you know, I'm not sure what's going to go, what's going to happen with this, but if she's going to get popular, I'm going to latch onto it and I'm going to use it to my advantage. Um, did you learn anything new about the conservatorship like concept and stuff or like, how did you, how did you kind of react to that part of the documentary? Yeah. So I learned more about the conservatorship. So I guess rolling back a little bit, I didn't even really know that she was in that. Like she had been in this for the last 12 years. Like when she, when that podcast about Britney Spears became popular and people start talking about this right before this documentary and they're like, Oh yeah. Free Britney. I'm like, free Britney. And so I like kind of had heard the word conservatorship, but then like watching the documentary, I learned more about like what that meant and like the one, the conservator or like her assets and her estate and then her as like a person. And I'm like, this is so wild that across both of these things, like she, her dad is the one and I'm like, where's her mom? Why does it have to be her dad? The court should be able to see like, obviously this is an abusive situation in terms of like monetarily. And like, she's paying for everyone. She's paying for all the lawyers. She's paying for her dad. She's paying for whatever. And then like for like the lawyer for the conservatorship is like, oh yeah, we like, this is lucrative. So like, let's increase the amount of money I make. I'm like, wait, what? This should be thrown out. Like, I'm not a lawyer, obviously, um, but I disagree with this. And I'm like, we should probably stop this. Like, if this has happened, this proves, like, just by them asking, like, oh, yeah, can I make more money off this business opportunity? Like, no, get out of here. Yeah, I'm kind of like you in terms of, like, I think that I'd seen maybe, like, the Free Britney hashtag on Twitter Mm -hmm. last year. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that means. And before in the in, in like the week or so leading up to the doc and in the promotion for it, I started to learn a little bit more about what was going on. And so watching the documentary too, like what I got out of it, kind of like what you're saying, like, I'm just like, I'm not a lawyer, but I feel like this should not be legal. You know what I mean? Or like that this, like I can understand a person who is like incapacitated and not able to manage their finances, needing someone to step in to do that for them. But like the legal backbending that you have to do to get out of that, to me, just seems like it's so restrictive. And it's so, especially in the case of, like you said, like a high profile person who has a lot of money, who has a lot of assets, like it's just way too easy for someone to come in and be like, no, I I got this. I need to, I need to handle this person can't handle it for themselves. So I need to come in and do it. And then like, you know, it's so complex to try to get out of it. And like the burden of proof to get out of it is so heavy that it's basically impossible. And now you've got someone who's just like mooching off of you and who is able to, um, you know, eat off of your success and you can't really do anything about it. And you, you're not free to like make your own decisions or, 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 you know, live the life that you want to live. So I'm just like, dang, like, so now I remember reading about that a little bit and then like seeing the documentary, I was just like, I kind of, I, you know, I get why people were saying free Britney because free Britney indeed. I mean, my goodness, this is, this is, this is incredibly bad. Yep. Yeah. Have you ever heard of this before the last year of life? Like, did you even know this? I didn't even like thinking about a conservatorship and like with the practical use of like helping someone who's old and can't take care of themselves. Like, have you ever heard of this? I think I had heard of it, but I didn't know that this, this is what it meant. I think that I had heard of it and thought that like a conservatorship was like someone, I didn't, I didn't, I, I know for a fact, I didn't, it wasn't someone being incapacitated. I think that what I thought it meant was like just a, a business or a financial advisor that someone like hires to like take care of their financial estate. Um, I think that's like, if you, if you would come up to me and like, you know, September of 2020 and be like, have you heard of is do you, what is a conservatorship? I think I would have, that's how I would have defined it. And like, that's not what it is at all. Like, it's not, um, like I would have assumed like, okay, I don't, I don't need this person anymore. Like I'm going to like, I'm going to ask them to leave. And if they don't, I'll like I'll fire them or whatever. And I'll be done with it. Like I didn't, I had no idea it was so 
binding or so like to the point that a person like takes this amount of control and there's basically nothing that you can do about it. Like I had, I did not know this at all. So I think that I had an idea of what it was, but my idea was like completely off. Cause like, I, I did not know to this extent how bad this was. And I guess that this is something that like, I mean, I'm sure this happens more often on like lower levels, but like, I don't think anyone else, certainly if her stature has, has, gotten themselves or, or is in the situation right like i can't think of anything like close to this well i wonder if like other you know we would have heard about it this would have been something that like because it's public court records and people would know and i am wondering if like other this is going to give an idea to some other people to like manipulate celebrities wealthy people what have you and be like oh yeah like this is a viable option. I mean, it's not one that is available to most people. Um, but like, how do you protect yourself against this? Like, I, I mean, I'm, they kind of hint at her agreeing to it because like, so that she could see her sons right. and like, that's wild to me because isn't that, um, some type of, uh, like being coerced into like, signing legal documentation that's not the right word for it and i'm sorry but like basically it's not like she signed it because she like wanted this she signed it because she was like well i want to see my kids yeah it was like she was definitely influenced to do this um like against her will and yeah i mean i just feel like again like clearly this isn't a lawyer's podcast but i'm just like this is pretty (laughs) pretty ridiculous and i don't know you would think that I don't, again, I just can't get, can't get over how difficult it has been for her to like get out of this. And she, as someone who, and again, maybe this plays into our culture's treatment of women or women who we define as quote unquote hysterical, like the, the word for hysterical even like has like, you know, misogynistic like origins, mm-hmm. but like we, view this you know woman who we think is you know basically crazy and the legal system is set up to be like you know sorry there's nothing you can do to get out of this when it's clear that she like at this point in her life is able to like make decisions for herself right like she should be able to she's in a good enough headspace or however you want to call it to be able to control her finances and make decisions for her finances for her estate as as she as she she sees fit but like legally like her hands are tied basically and it's it's really like it's like absurd to me kind of and i think that that's what's struck such a nerve with her fans mm-hmm. is you know her, her her fans are the people who follow her career and her life closely are kind of like you know we can see that she's okay or we can see that she is um, able to like make the decisions she wants to make, but you know, she's been stripped of that freedom and that's really, really bothers them. I mean, I think it bothers a lot of people who wouldn't even consider themselves fan of her, fans of hers. But um, I found the, the, like the fan part of the documentary really, really interesting in terms of them kind of pushing this movement to the mainstream. What did you think about that? I was impressed by it because it kind of showed me, which of course, like, fans of any one thing i mean you see it with like all of the marvel and the dc stuff and like fans can get so so much like uh visibility and so for something like britney spears like it's pretty amazing i mean i i shouldn't be so surprised by it because of course she has her fans of all of those people who loved her growing up then the people who are like yeah no i like her music and she's like non-offensive and then of course you have the gay community that love her because she's not offensive it's what a concept to (laughs) do that like oh it's so easy and yet so many fail so yeah i mean they i would guess because there's so many like and it's a variety of people like it's easy to kind of and with the internet and with a pandemic it's easy to kind of like find each other like you use a hashtag or you like look up this different content and all of a sudden you're in a you're down a rabbit hole and you found your people it's been really like, again, like I, the, the fans are the reason why I even knew 
had some idea of the context of this documentary itself, right? Like I'd seen the hashtag. And so I was at least somewhat aware of what was going on. And that's like a hundred percent because of them. And, you know, I, she, Britney Spears has some great songs. I don't, um, I, I can't say that I'm a fan of hers and, and just because I don't know enough about her catalog to like consider myself a fan. Um, but I, you know, I have absolutely nothing against her. She's got some bangers and, um, at the end of the day, again, like she's human and she's, she's not problematic and she hasn't said any racist shit. So team Brittany, as far as I'm concerned. Oh yeah. Um, uh, she likes Beyonce, which that doesn't mean someone's not racist because right. everyone likes Beyonce. If they don't, mm-hmm. I don't understand them. Right. But, I mean, I think there was some video of like them because they had performed at something, you know, Destiny's Child was getting popular as Britney Spears was like at her peak you know, everyone loved her and they were all, they said nice things about each other and were friendly. And I'm like, well, if Beyonce says that you're nice, I guess you're invited to the cookout. There you go. I mean, she's, you know, she shows love. She, you know, I, 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 I saw a tweet, somebody quote tweet. there's like a big, uh, like a viral tweet from uh, a celebrity who said something about like, we're all to blame for, what Britney Spears endure and someone close to me like not black people like we never <laughs> hated on Britney so uh it's true yeah I mean like it's just you know again like a lot of it plays into the fact that we were so young but like looking at it now I mean I think that you know black people can identify with being treated unfairly by the media so um you know Imagine what a concept if you were like not white yeah like how right. much it would be so much worse I feel and Somehow it would still be a white man that is the conservator person, like causing right. all the conservatorship problems. It would still be a white man. Pretty wild. A financial, you know, legal, really shady shit going on. And at the center of it is an old white dude. Who could have thought? What? Who would have guessed? Serious? <laughs> what a concept. Thought. Couldn't have seen it coming. None of us saw it coming. Um, man, you know maybe a white man will be like, you know what? We got to, we got to set things right. It will like go in there and be like, listen, we really need to stop doing this. Um, I doubt that'll happen because money and. Right. Tragically people seem to value money over humans, which is just appalling because money is kind of a social construct, but like humans actually exist. I And money exists. It's not what I mean, but like, we assign the value to the money. You can't assign a value to a human life and how you treat them. I don't. Listen, profits over people is the reason, uh, a big reason why America's in such a shitty state that it's in. You're right. So, uh, it's, it's pretty tough. What do you, what do you think is going to be the, um, the end result of all this? Do you, are you optimistic for Brittany? Do you think that she'll be able to, to get control of her finances back and, and kind of live her best life again? So I've been thinking about it. Like, obviously I believe she deserves it. Like there are points that were made about how like she's making all these decisions. She's making all these business decisions and like she's having a lot of handholding, but like it, she still has to agree to it. Like she still has to be like the face of all these different things, clothes, pop, whatever, food, uh, perfume and when she did her Vegas residency so she can make these decisions but something I noticed in like the interviews versus so you know she uses her Instagram and that's how her fans noticed that there was an issue and they were like oh yeah I noticed that she was posting this or like we think that there are like hidden clues in her Instagram um, and I've gone on to her Instagram and this was probably when I like started learning more about the free Britney stuff because people were like, Oh, Britney Spears is unwell. Did you see this video on her Instagram? And I'm like, she's just smiling and like showing, I I don't understand. And like, this is before I like knew about any of this. I'm like, no, she seems to be fine. Whatever. Um, But when she talks, like when she speaks, it's very different than like, 15 years ago or you know 20 years ago in interviews where she's like very like she's very graceful she's very like she presents herself well and she's very polite but she's also like very strong in what she's saying 
and in when he's like on her like Instagram and like in recent interviews, she's like shaking, like she's like scared, like she's timid almost the way she's speaking. So you think it's kind of a situation where, you know, it's her, it's a little bit more cryptic than it used to be. I think, And it's a little bit more, go, no, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say that I think that it's wearing on her. Yeah. And then they'll be able to be like, yeah, this is the proof that she's like not able, she's not fit. It's like, well, who is fit when they are raising children, working and dealing with this nonsense. So I like, I would be more optimistic if it was and like, I would be surprised if this didn't have a mental toll on someone, but I would be more optimistic if I was like, well, she's like staying very even healed, but it's just like, I don't know. I don't know if she'll get out of it anytime soon. A person can only take so much, you know, and there's, there's so, so few people like of all time who've been able to, who she's been able to like kind of identify with, like who have reached her level. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a handful of people who who have gone through that and, you know, God bless you if you're able to, to, to come through it in one piece, but you know, all things considered, um, you know, she's, she's done the best that she can. And as someone who is rooting for her and who, you know, likes her some of her music like you know and just as a person like i just you you want the best possible resolution for this type of situation yeah um so you know i don't know i don't know if i'm optimistic or not but i i certainly want to be and i certainly hope things work out for her that she can oh, sure. um get the get the right outcome out of this and that also people who aren't as famous as her who are also like dealing with this maybe this can kind of shine a light on that as well and um kind of in a really like shitty legal practice i don't know i i hope that i would hope that this would be a legal practice that they just like don't use because it doesn't seem to be beneficial for anyone no that's not true it's beneficial for some people but it's not beneficial for the individual that it's supposed to be like helping like i feel like there are other things that help individuals who maybe can't make decisions well like i don't know it it seems like just another hurdle to for the normal person to kind of stop those with power from seeking more power and abusing it agreed and you know as we've said america's a messed up place and our legal system is really horrible and really is at it really disadvantages people who basically aren't rich and white. So, um, and so, so if you, if you're, and she's already rich and white. So if it's bad for her, you can imagine how it is for the rest of us. Well, again, she's got that woman thing going for her. Yeah. And, and while white women carry a certain amount of power in society, they still are women. And that doesn't, mean much when you put the white woman up next to the white man pretty crazy and we're hoping again we're hoping for the best for, for britney shout out to our free britney we're, we're a free britney podcast here we are a free britney podcast we are free anyone who is stuck in this conservatorship thing like that's it's not right 100 percent. and also free all the black people who are in jail for weed uh yes yeah. well free all the black people who are in jail for things they didn't do 100 um, <laughs> percent Uh, On that note, (laughs) do you have any other thoughts on Free Britney and um, the framing of Britney Spears? They should have just called it Free Britney, but I I guess the New York Times couldn't take sides, even though obviously they're on the side of Britney Spears. It's very apparent. Yeah, this is a very pro-Britney, like anti-conservatorship documentary. I think that that's very clear. Um, But yeah, really informative and um, glad I got to talk to you about it. And yeah, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it go watch it because it's very good it is it's on hulu it's an hour long like it's not it's an hour and 15 minutes it's not a super long time commitment and it really puts a lot of her fame and her experiences into perspective like it's all there and you're just like man one person should not have had to deal with a lot of the 
trash she had to deal with. Do we know what we're talking about next week? So next week, I think it's Atlanta. I think that was on the, like on deck. And then we talked about Tiger and Brittany because they were both very timely Mm -hmm. and like worked out very well. So we'll be talking about TV shows again. I need to, uh, need to dip back into it. Um, I've, I've watched the first season of Atlanta, but I need to get into the, the second season. I started the second season, never finished it. So we're going to get into that next week. It's going to be fun. Uh, we'll talk to you all then. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening.